All righty, we're back. Welcome to Barstool Buddhas. I'm Jai. Rip. And we really wish we had a more original opening, but that's what was left. You know, we can't do like yeehaw and all that yeah. stuff they do. So uh, this is the uh, going to be for Father's Day. Uh, we're going to record it a little early. I'm going to go off on vacation, and uh, we'll, we're actually going to premiere it at or about Father's Day. So we're a week early, but some stuff might happen that needed to be on here. Well. They should wait till I get back from vacation. <laughs> we'll cover it. <that. laughs> but we're we're gonna uh, honor Father's Day this week, uh, and unlike Mother's Day, uh, these are not uh, birthing persons. Right. These would be partners of birthing partners. No chest feeders. No chest feeders here. Uh, these would be actually the male the sperm donor types. You know what fathers. True, but it's uh, being a father is more than being a sperm donor, and. Uh, even though that might be the fun part, yeah, there's a lot of work behind that. <laughs> so, uh, Jai was uh, telling Rip what to do again, and Rip's going to do his own thing here. So, uh, tell us what you know about Father's Day. The history of it? Uh, history, current features, whatever. 1910, a lady with the YMCA was honoring her father who served in the Civil War, and it, it just grew from there. I think it became an official National holiday, I don't know when. You uh, remember? Uh, probably about the time Hallmark went into business. <laughs> yeah, it's kept them in business for a long time. Um, but seriously, you know, it's it's spread around the world. And uh, there's, I, I read something like there's 111 nations. Uh, they, they honor some form of that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we just wanted people to... Uh, to take a moment, thank their fathers, remember their fathers if they're no longer here. And... Uh, you know, regardless of what the current philosophy is out there, fa- fathers are necessary and welcome and can do a good job. Uh, as long as anything else in society, there are pockets where there needs to be improvements, that sort of thing. But uh, the backbone of society has been the nuclear family for years. Yeah, uh, the new changes and additions to how a family, uh, the actual nuclear family looks, not all of it's bad. You know, people want to be happy. and And my feeling is that no matter where you are, who you are, if you're if you're forming a family and you're 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 happy and your family is safe, you know, go for it. I'm, we're not going to say that. I mean, you technically speaking, you probably have to be a, a male to be a biological father. Technically, but there are there are people who function in that role. Uh, they're all genders and persuasions. But if that person that raised you raised you like a father, you need to tell them thank you very much. And I know my father would be. God, 96 now, which makes me really old. <laughs> I mean, I've got a son that, that uh, turns 51 this month, right before Father's Day. Now, there's a double whammy for you. You can feel <laughs> old and proud all in one day. So, but again, you know, if your father's around, take him to lunch, mow his grass, do whatever you need to do. Let him know that you care. And for those that uh, that aren't here anymore, maybe drop some flowers off at the at the graveside or, or stop for a moment and just remember the things that your father did do for you. I know so many people spend a lot of time worrying about what people didn't do for them. Right. But I'm 68 and I can tell you that no matter what my father did or didn't do right, I'm here at 68 in large measure to what he provided me when I couldn't provide anything for myself. Right. So like we said last week, a recurring theme on our shows is going to be gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude grounds you. It lets you see what you really have, 
versus what you think you need or what you think you deserve. Yeah. So give it a shot. Like I say, happy Father's Day. You know, speaking for fathers everywhere, or the majority, uh, we're not perfect. Uh, the best thing you can do as a father is show your kids you love them, be in their life, uh, guide them as best you can, and, and do what you can. And someday they will recognize, and particularly when they become parents themselves, what people sacrifice to be a father. And I wouldn't do it anything different, but they're sacrificing their struggles in everyone's life. And, uh, you know, your fathers that hang in there, yeah. good for you. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. The one thing that I that I have the words I have had to eat time and time again, being a father, is when I grow up, I'm never going to do that to my children. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah. I'll never do that to my children. I'll never put them in their room. I'll never take their allowance away. I'll never do this, do that. Remember, mm-hmm. I can do their homework for four hours in a night. Yeah. But you know what? When you live and learn, everything changes. You know, it's like there's a famous saying: the older I get, I find out my father was right more than not. Exactly. So, Mark Twain. Was that Mark Twain? Mark Twain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on. We got some things this week. Uh, you know, in the last week, we we just did all Memorial Day and yeah. uh, Father's Day. Not that it doesn't uh, necess- necessitate a whole program. Uh, we wanted to add a few other things. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the country right now, and we're starting to recognize trends. And if you watch any news or any media at all, you'll start to see there's a really big push now for the critical race theory. There's there's mess with the with the pandemic, who did it, how it happened, and all that. But if you look at a higher level, you can see that all this is kind of moving in some directions that indicate that there's a there's a really a base change in, in our society. Right. And uh, we need to be careful of how that's going uh, before we jump too fast on the new bandwagon or throw out uh, the old uh, the old ways. All right. Probably there's some place in the middle where we could all meet in terms of use the best of both sides. It's going to be tough, and we're going to try to explain some of that why it would be tough, specifically with the uh, the critical race theory. So, yeah. you know, um, before we get into critical race, we want to set the stage and we want to talk about. We called it the genius of the week, although he's not the, a lot of people's favorite person. Friedrich Nietzsche was a philosopher back in the 1800s. It was quite notably. Uh, an atheist, and he, his work was used later on by some unsavory people who twisted and turned his words. Uh, imagine that. Uh, but one of the things that he said that he's very famous for was he announced uh, the death of God. And he was an atheist, so he didn't believe in God. Um, but one of the one of the focus points on his philosophy was that uh, whether you believe in God or not, whether he exists or not, he has been the thought, the concept of God has been one of the... Uh, one of the stake in the grounds for, for culture. What fills God's place? It, it it created a structure that people worked within to some degree. And so when when God died, one of his major concerns was what will fill the void? Right. Because something will. Mm-hmm. And as you see the last, maybe the last hundred years in this country, if you look at the history, we've moved towards secularism. And secularism, uh, it has its own structure, its own rituals. Uh, and one of the things that it has is uh, uh, personal power, mm-hmm. you know, consciousness, what, whatever you do, how you're supposed to uh, rise to the occasion, be the best person you can be, whatever, whatever. Uh, and science has tried to fill a lot of that void as well. So um, all you have to do to look at the pandemic and see oh, yeah. that, that science is, is basically, for a lot of people, become the new the deity. Religion. It's the new deity. Yeah. Follow the science. Follow mm-hmm. the science. Well, you know, that's all well and good if you can keep science, pure science. Obviously, that's having sort of a struggle these days. Now it's becoming politicized. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, what, a couple of things have happened. Uh, 
when in the seventies, there was a, I think it was a time magazine or news where it came out, had a cover that said the me generation, the me decade. And that's, that has not eased up. It's on steroids now. Yeah, you've got people who who really believe that the the individual is the be all end all determinant of, of what reality is and and how the world should be determined. Well, if you got seven point five billion me's running out there, which god are you going to worship? Everyone has the center of the universe. Well, it's become very obvious that the closest person to me is me. <laughs> I got to worship somebody. Why not me? Within myself. Yeah, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a universal influencer. I'm going to be, but, but to be serious a minute, you know, once, once you take something out as an objective, uh, uh, truth that you follow and you try to adhere to and build your morality or ethics around just a little out of reach, mm-hmm. you know, it's not another man telling you what to do or woman or person. We don't want to go there, but it's an authority that we follow that we really hold as immutable and we structure things around. So right. uh, one of the things that's coming in, the, in to a town near you is critical race theory. Now people want to think it's all about race, but it's really not about race. Yeah. Uh, it stems from another philosophy called critical theory, which is a Marxist theory. And what you need to know is a critical race theory, which was a permutation that it believes that racism is present in everything in life, every relationship, every interaction, and it relies upon a convergence of uh, interest, which means that, for example, it posits that white people only give black people or people of color opportunities and freedoms when it benefits them when it benefits them and i would say that's a human trait <laughs> i think that probably happens in china too and there's a lot less white people there so <laughs> uh yeah here's the thing you need to know we live and still live in a, a fairly free society but um the philosophy of critical race theory doesn't doesn't believe in free societies. It wants to dismantle and replace them with something that advocates control to that particular philosophy. You know, it believes that science, reason, and evidence are a white way. You you might not believe me. Look it up. Read the book. Uh, And an alternate way of knowing, such as the black alternative, would be lived experience and this, that, and the other. And it's the experience that it it hurts everyone, especially black people. So, Well, everything's being pushed at us as identity politics. Yeah, you know, and and critical race, it rejects all other alternatives. So you could even say to someone who's an adherent of of CRT, well, I'm colorblind. I don't care what color you are. I'm not racist. And and that's racist, too, because if you don't care, you're a racist. If you do care the wrong way, you're a racist. (laughs) It's, It's just this spiraling thing out of control, you know, and it rejects all the potential alternatives mm-hmm. anywhere um and it'll never be satisfied it's like joe rogan said the other day you can't be woke enough yeah and if you look you'll see a lot of the the wokesters are getting canceled as well so um to wrap this around a couple of things uh i i see critical race theory is it's one of the things that are seeking to fill the void in a society that is basically secular um yep. I'm not advocating any particular religion or philosophy over anybody else. But I do advocate that you can have many of those. You've got Christians, Jews, Buddhists, Muslims. You've got all kinds of folks doing all kinds of things. And as long as you're worshiping and you're living your life in a moral and ethical way that allows some tolerance for other people, I'm not going down that path. But the big the big message here today is take a look around. Educate yourself. 
This is not an innocent movement just to correct racial issues based upon slavery or history. It it portends a, a major cleansing. If you listen to what these people are talking about, yeah. they want to burn it all down. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you that won't work quite the way they think. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to see what happens when the structures fall apart, and specifically back in the Bolshevik Revolution and in the ni- early 1900s, uh, they took over, and uh, there's a movie out there called Dr. Zhivago, our movie of the week. It's a really old movie. Uh, it was a big blockbuster at the time, but basically mm-hmm. it shows what the aristocracy and the middle class, so to speak, in Russia was doing about the time the revolution came through. And it follows a family, uh, what happens to them when this whole turns and changes, and, and the uh, Bolsheviks take over, Communist Party takes over, and they form the USSR. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Without getting political too much about it, it shows from a perspective of when society as a group of people know it come to an end, when somebody burns it all down. Yeah. So if you want to get a good idea of what that transition looks like, take a look at that. And if you want to really look at some things, look at what happened uh, in, in Maoist China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mao is arguably uh, responsible for the largest amount of mass murders in the history of mankind, which is saying a lot, due to his his reforms and his agricultural pro, uh, programs, millions, some say 30, 40 million people died. Russia, the same thing happened under Stalin. The the, the collective agrarian right. society uh, didn't work. Millions starved to death. So, you know, before you get all on board and uh, let these people soft pedal this major change in your philosophy and your life, understand what it's about. Because uh, it's not what you think it is, and uh, it will not be pretty. No. So. Just a word of warning. Now, I could be wrong, and some of the facts and dates and stuff could be a little bit off. I'm not saying this is all completely accurate. You know, it's it's a theme. It's a concept. We're telling you, go out and find out for yourself. Exactly. If we're full of it, let us know. Put it in the comments. <laughs> so uh, there is a word of warning here. We were looking at a song uh, from the <laughs> 60s. Now, this song wasn't about what this is about today, but it has a good warning it was called For What It's Worth in Buffalo Springfield. You remember yeah. that song? Oh, yeah. And so we highlighted a few of the lines here. Uh, they're, they're kind of appropriate for what you see when you turn on the television. Mm-hmm. You want to read some of yeah, those? something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's battle lines being drawn. And nobody's yeah. right if everybody's yeah. wrong. And that's a good point. You know, you have to have some positivity and a light at the end of the tunnel because it's going to involve all of us at the end of it one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We're all in this together, folks. Oh, absolutely. And in the riots, this this line reminded me of that. Singing songs, carrying signs. signs. Mostly say, hooray for us. It doesn't mention any of the Molotov cocktails and burning (laughs) down post offices, but it's kind of in there. And this is the thing that I'm seeing. Take the pandemic and all this social unrest. Paranoia strikes deep. Into your life it will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. You step out of line, the man comes and take you away. <laughs> and the, the, the warning for the whole song, I really love this. Thank you, Stephen Stills. We better stop. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Yep. You better take a look at that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird mixed message for Father's Day. But you know what? <laughs> the 4th of July is coming up. And and between between Memorial Day and, and, uh, and the 4th, we have... Father's Day, Mother's Day is right before that. Then you have the the fourth, of course. You have Flag Day, which mm-hmm. is on the fourteenth. Right. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity to think about the things we do have, the things we do value, be grateful for, and put them in a balance. 
do you really want CRT? Do you really want all this craziness going on? Or do you want this and you want to have a system that tries to accommodate some change that makes the life better and simpler maybe for people that don't have and do have, and I don't like to use the word grievance, but they do have a true grievance uh, about the way life is for them. Uh, and we need to make a place at the table to discuss all that. But we don't need to burn the damn table now. I think there's something going on with uh, the CRT. You're starting to see a lot of the states and governors and politicians actually starting to finally push back. We've always said they'll push and push and push, and the silent majority of the people that mind their own business at some point will push back. And they're starting to reject the, the CRT that's being pushed into the schools. They're starting to recall some of the school boards around the country. Uh, they're putting these people under the microscope and going, hey, wait, hold on a second. You're not doing anything to help. So yeah. it's well, positive that people are starting to stand up again. You can blame the people that are pushing this all you want, but the fact is everybody in this country has a vote, and you should demand that the school boards and the, all the people running are up front. You should have votes and representation before they slip this into your school. Mm -hmm. A lot of these schools are not private schools that are doing this. They are publicly funded educational uh, facilities, which means you're a citizen, which means you pay the bill. But if you don't vote and you don't stand up and you don't talk to your representatives, your school board folks, uh, they're going to get whatever they want because the vocal minority will go sit in the town hall. They'll go sit at the school board meetings. They will vote. And, you know, uh, I hate to pick on AOC, but it's so much. It's fun. easy. <laughs> Her first election, only I think it was only about 17% of the registered voters in the Bronx mm -hmm. voted at all. And she won by a slim minority. Right. So if you think about that, all she had to have was 9% or something right. to win a seat in Congress of the registered voters. So less than 10% of the people living in the Bronx actually voted for her. So if, if they've got a problem with her now and they didn't vote, they got nothing to say. And that's the same message that I've been told since I was voting oh, yeah. age. Exactly. If you didn't vote, sit down and take your whipping because <laughs> that's what's coming. It's your fault. So, um, uh, need to kind of wrap up, but again, let's just reiterate, uh, you know, take take a look at what's going on always. Don't let it catch you by the by the short and yep. curlies because yep. they'll pull them right out. Keep and, your head on a swivel. Uh, and and do thank your family, your 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 parental figures, your father figure. Uh make sure they know what you think of them and remember them if they're not here. Right. So right. you got anything else? Happy Father's Day. Find See you next time. Did we not start? What happened here?